From Given, this is Purposing, the podcast that lifts the lid on how to run a truly purpose-driven business. I'm Becky Willen, and with the help of leaders from some of the world's most recognized brands, I'll be demystifying this often misunderstood topic into clear, actionable advice you can use in your own business. This week, I'm joined by Hayley Still, global CEO of Hydrogen Group, a recruitment firm that operates in 67 countries and a business she joined back in 2008 as a graduate recruiter. Through this conversation, you'll learn how to define a purpose with the potential to challenge and disrupt your sector, change deeply ingrained attitudes and behaviors, use your purpose to drive positive change in your industry. Before I speak with Haley, let's take a quick look back at her career to find out how she went from graduate recruiter to purpose-driven CEO. Haley's parents were professional gymnastics coaches. Hard work was the norm. Their purpose was never money. Their purpose was always to do something they loved, to do something they really enjoyed. They had dreams for her to become an Olympian, but they were also realists. Although she was good on a national level, she was unlikely to ever succeed on the world stage. And for my parents, if it wasn't an Olympic medal, it was like, what are you talking about? Something I found really incredibly frustrating as a gymnast is that you could have all the ambition you wanted, but you could not be talented enough in terms of your body shape or, you know, there's things that could hold you back. You couldn't get it through hard work. Haley was determined to find a game she could win. She first studied law, but felt she would never be a great lawyer. When she started recruiting, she realised she'd found her calling. Her talent was people. I always, I always really cared about my clients, really cared about my candidates, really cared about doing a really good job for everyone, making the right matches, like putting people in the right jobs. Haley's skills took her up the ranks of the organisation, managing bigger and bigger teams, until in June 2021, she was offered the CEO job. I mean, I got so much congratulations at the time. I kind of was just like, this is the easy part, getting the blooming job. Making a success of it is a hard, the hardest sort of part. Hayley, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So can you set the scene for us? Who is Hydrogen Group and why did you need a purpose? So Hygiene Group is an international recruitment business. We're across EMEA, APAC, and in the US. And actually, we are made up of two businesses, Hydrogen and Argoscot. And we merged probably about five years ago. And we provide recruitment services across a range of different sectors. So predominantly kind of STEM, so life science and technology, but also then on the other side, professional services like legal. And I suppose, why did we need a purpose? Well, we had two businesses that we were bringing together. So it made sense to fully integrate our businesses. We already had done kind of behind the scenes operational integration, but we hadn't yet sort of brought ourselves together from a values and a purpose perspective. But equally, I really felt that we were evolving in terms of our culture anyway. And I felt we really needed to articulate what we believed in, what we stood for, what we're trying to achieve, because it really felt like it was moving to a different place than where we'd been previously, but also quite different probably from where we had been and the rest of the industry as well. So tell me a bit about the, the process for developing your purpose. How did it work in practice? So who was involved? What were the practical steps? It was quite interesting, actually, because it started while I was on maternity leave, which sounds a bit strange to do it in that way but it worked really well because of the process that we wanted to take so we didn't want it to be a very kind of top-down 
approach. And actually part of that is because our purpose itself and the culture that we have been cultivating is particularly not top down. It's particularly people orientated and treating people as individuals rather than just kind of one of many. So we definitely wanted to make sure we incorporated that into the process to make sure it was something that wasn't just aspirational, but it was something that made sense for us as a business. So it had some of the fabric of uh, kind of being already part of it. So we partnered with Given and we did we, we actually started with a very thorough look at who we were going to work with. And we particularly liked that Given had experience predominantly outside of recruitment because we didn't want someone coming with a preconceived idea of what a purpose in recruitment should be because we definitely felt we wanted to disrupt the industry. But then also actually speaking to our clients and candidates, find out what they felt about it. Um, and then also trying to get a bit of an understanding of how that kind of fitted with the direction of travel of the industry and the world more sort of broadly. So there was an element of where do we want to go, but also an element of where are we now as well to make sure that it it kind of made sense and was an, an evolution rather than a complete swing in a different direction. What would you say are the benefits of bringing in external support to help with that process? Because I think purpose is an interesting one because to work, it has to be really authentic and really true to the organisation. I think there's some people that would argue that that's best done within the four walls of the organisation. So sort of looking back on the work, were there any kind of real standout benefits of working with a third party to help you through that? Sometimes you definitely need someone else speaking to your people. If I, if me as a CEO went and spoke to everyone, one of the things I absolutely hate about my job title is that I feel like sometimes people just tell me what they think I want to hear, which is probably, that's a great idea. That should be our purpose, which is not what I wanted to hear. And having someone come in externally meant not only would they be more open and honest, but actually you just had a, a clear different perspective and you were really coming in and actually spoke to us, gave me a, a better understanding of where we truly stood with our culture and where we were from different international perspectives. That's something that's quite complex when you are an international business, trying to understand where you, where you really are in the different regions as well. You definitely got a more true and honest feel on the ground in the organisation and you were able to give that kind of external perspective but you didn't just do it in total isolation. So you spoke to us as well. And, you know, you, you might say, I'm feeling this. And I would say, it might be because of X, Y, and Z. Would that make sense with the feedback you're getting? And you would probably say, yes, that does make sense. And so it's not such a big concern. Or no, that doesn't really marry up. It is an ongoing concern and would really keep me on those things and pushing me exact. So, yeah, I think it had it. I think it was hugely important. You also, obviously, as well, have an understanding of how to articulate things. So the way I describe it to the team is like, it wasn't like an agency came in and told us what our purpose was. That would be ridiculous. And I think that's sometimes how people might view that external support. It's almost like I've run out of ideas, so I'm going to ask someone to come in and tell me it. It wasn't that at all. It's, but, there, but there is a certain way to articulate these things and then drive them into the organisation, which is definitely the kind of support you and the team were able to give us. Where did you get to with the work? What is the hydrogen purpose and what does it really mean? Okay, so our purpose is enabling you to thrive in a changing world. And there's sort of three parts to that, I like to think. So there's the enabling part, the thrive part, and the changing world part. We also did new values that underpin it. But if I stick with the purpose for a moment. So 
The enabling part to me was really, really important because I feel like as an organization, I don't want to make something happen for someone else. Let's say if I just give you £500, then you're always relying on me to give you £500 and do something for you. I wanted to make sure that we are actually enabling. So I give you the skills to earn £500 every day. You can do that every day, regardless of what I'm up to and what I'm doing. And you know, you have that independence and you have that ability to do it. So I say it really mattered a lot for me, that enabling part. So enabling you and then the you in this is obviously everyone who works at Hydrogen Argos got, but it's also our clients, our candidates, and really all people as well. You know, the influence you can have as an organization, the way I, I try and describe it to our people is like, you know, I want you to touch as many lives with this as possible. If you're sat next to someone at a dinner party, I want you to think about how you could use the tools and skills that we give you to enable them to thrive and understand what thriving means and how their world is shaped. You know, that's a tiny example, but you is really everyone. So enabling you and then the thrive part, I mean, thrive is a big word that you actually hear quite a lot. Part of it is understanding what thriving means to you. So what thriving is to one person might not be the same as it is to another person. So there's an element of it as kind of defining success and not just going with maybe society's preconceived ideas of what success looks like. So this kind of individual nature, the other thing I love about thriving is that you can do it together. It's not like your thriving means I'm not. Actually, you thrive together. And we talk about thriving as teams, as you know, businesses, not just individuals. So there's the thriving element. So enabling you to thrive, whatever that might look like for you. But ultimately, we believe that if someone's thriving, they are going to be more productive and therefore they will be successful and organizations as a whole, if they're made up of thriving people, themselves will thrive, will be more productive, et cetera. And then the changing world part is really important to me. And we did deliberate whether to just go with enabling you to thrive. But the changing world is really important because the world is always changing. Neither you can be afraid of that or you can be excited by it. And I feel like we've got a responsibility to not allow people to sleepwalk through life thinking, if I just carry on doing the same thing, I'm going to get the same result. You need to be reassessing stuff all the time. And what made you thrive yesterday might not make you thrive tomorrow. And you need to be conscious and aware and deliberate. And I think a lot about our purpose is a lot of making people open their eyes and reflect on themselves and really reflect and be deliberate about their lives rather than just kind of going through and either being unhappy or happy and not understanding how or why they are. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. And I think the right purpose will do that on so many different levels. I think that idea of helping people make conscious and deliberate choices, whether those are like business decisions or personal decisions, I think actually is the hallmark of a really good purpose because it means people aren't sort of just relying on a default like mindset to make decisions, whether those are around business stuff like cost, risk, profit, or something that's more personal. So I think that's a really insightful way of putting it. You also developed a new set of values for the business as well. So can you talk a little bit about that and also what role they play in making the purpose real for people? Because I think often even a really brilliantly crafted purpose statement can still feel quite sort of big. And I think values can be a really important part of how you actually sort of connect that idea into people's day to day. We revealed the purpose and the values at the same time. Actually, I think a lot of people connected more quickly with the values and the purpose. So our values are listen first, own it, all in, open up, 
and push thinking. And they really help to, um, I think, articulate and expand really on those ideas that are in the purpose statement. They really help to bring to life what we mean by that and what we care about and what's important to us. And definitely with those five different values, I know a lot of people really have connected well with them and used them a lot already, even though we haven't done kind of a big piece of work on them yet. It's such a huge shift. And I imagine it takes a good few years and quite a lot of effort to make that happen. And at one level, role modeling that and having those conversations is really important. But I guess in my experience, you've also got to give people the right tools to be able to do that and create the right environment in which those changes are possible and celebrated. So on a really practical level, are there any things that you've done to really change either the environment or give people a different set of tools or a different set of incentives, for example, just to help nudge behaviours and kind of habits in the right direction? This sounds like a small thing, but what we want to make sure we make people understand or help people to understand is that, yes, kind of billing and numbers is one part of the job. But how you do that really matters to us as well. And the kind of person you are really matters. So you can do things through your incentives. So for example, we used to have one incentive trip each year that was done on um, basically billing a huge amount of money. That's the main criteria to get on it. Um, And we changed that and we said, okay, billing is still, you know, something that is important. So we'll have a trip per region rather than a truly international kind of global trip. Our big kind of Thrive 23 trip, for example, where we're going to Tokyo, the way that you get on that is through things like the biggest innovation contributor, the biggest growth mindset. There's obviously spots for kind of ops on there as well. The way that people like directors get on it are through growth, not through billing. And you basically have to signpost people. This is what's important to us as an organization. And this is what we're going to celebrate. And this is what we're going to applaud so that you drive their behavior in the right direction. I mean, there are also other things you do behind the scenes, like change the way you're, you pay people. You know, you drive people's behaviors in that kind of way as well, how they earn their bonuses and commission and all that kind of thing. You can take a more kind of, I guess, aggressive stance through those kind of things. I mean, there's a really big range of things you can do as a business and things that need to be done on the ground by also having the right people in place as well and making it clear, promoting the right people, exiting people who don't fit with the culture, et cetera, et cetera. And what about, I guess, some of the tools of the trade that you use as recruiters? So, you know, I know LinkedIn is obviously a hugely important platform for recruitment. When it comes to thinking about these changes towards a much more people-centric, you know, environment where everyone who's part of the process really feels like they can thrive. Is LinkedIn a sort of, is that agnostic in that respect or is it changing in a way that can help you deliver more of the experience that you're trying to create for people? LinkedIn, for example, they themselves have a view of where they see and feel the industry should be going. And that actually feeds into also our view and what we feel. So if you read a lot about the articles that the CEO of LinkedIn has written and generally at LinkedIn, they talk a lot about skills-based hiring, which is talking about moving away from kind of traditional, what's your job title? What? Where did you go to college or university? And that basically 
um, is a signpost as to what skills you've got and whether you'll be relevant for this job. So traditionally, really, that's what those things are telling you. I went to this school, so this is an assumed level that you've been taught at and I've done this job before, oh, you must have these skills. Well, there's actually a huge number of skills which are transferable from one kind of either industry and sector to another or one kind of job title to another. And if you focused on what those skills are, rather than focusing on job title, education, et cetera, then you would be able to remove the barrier to entry for a lot of different people and be able to have a bigger impact on diversity and inclusion, et cetera, but also solve a lot of problems. Like they'll have a situation where they can see on their platform that over here, they've got the highest number of jobs on LinkedIn, which need to be filled. And over here, you've got the highest number of professionals which don't have a job. And actually, they could be filled by each other, but because they don't say exactly the right things that two and two aren't being put together. So I think that industry itself is evolving away from where it has been previously, which is almost a bit like playing snap. And it's now towards actually what more can we offer? And and we're taking it a step further and we're saying, we're going to really look at beliefs and values and what this person can bring to an organization through their background, et cetera, rather than just do they have the right skills. Yes, we're going to give you someone who can do the job, but we're also going to give you someone who's going to help enrich the tapestry of your team, help you thrive as a team and as an organization. We're going to understand how your world's changing and therefore what kind of person you need to be able to adapt and you know, move with those kind of changes. So, I mean, we have to adapt some of our tools. Like we have a tracking system, it's called Talent Rover. And in that system, usually you might track information like salary, notice period, you know, just make some notes about the candidate so that you know kind of what they're doing. Now, we already are adapting kind of the front page to have thrive sections so that we can make sure we capture the right information and we'll have thrive sections on our clients so that we also are creating a platform which helps promote the right things and the things that we really care about in line with our purpose. So it sounds like actually this is really fundamentally changing the conversations that you have with candidates and clients day to day. If that's right, can you give any sort of practical examples of sort of conversations or questions you might be asking now that maybe wouldn't have happened a few years ago? Traditionally, you know, if you're doing business development with clients, a lot of people will just sort of say, hi, have you got a job to work on? Or do you have any hiring requirements that I can support with? You know, I'm used to working on roles for lawyers or for, you know, finance professionals, et cetera, et cetera. And if you imagine my clients have many of those calls happening a day, whereas what we are saying is we're not going to ask about that. We're going to start by saying, look, we want to partner with someone who cares about the same things that we do. Our purpose is to enable you to thrive in a changing world. So let's start by talking about what are the big changes in your world at the moment, and then who thrives at your organization? What makes your organization thrive? How can we partner to make sure we really truly believe and understand in the same things? We know what you're working towards, what your vision is, and we're a proper partner in that way. And first and foremost, you know, we're only going to present people to you who will thrive. And and that's quite nuanced because that's sort of different per person. But we're going to take the time to get to know that about our candidates as well. I mean, arguably, good recruiters are already doing this. Some good recruiters do this. Like when I was recruiting, I mean, that's the stuff I loved, like getting into that kind of level of detail. But not everyone does. On a personal purpose is how I can 
enable more people in the business to get that depth, you know, have that impact on their clients and candidates, but also enjoy that for themselves. Like enjoy having that impact on the world themselves. So definitely from a practical perspective, and it's sort of almost easier to imagine with candidates rather than saying, would you like a new job? You say, are you thriving? And usually the first question when you say that to someone is, I don't know what you mean by thriving. And that's a good start. It's like, well, it's actually different for everyone. You know, I've sat and thought really long and hard as part of this purpose about what thriving means to me. So I could describe to you what it means to me, but really I'm interested in what it means to you. And we've equipped them with really good questions to try and get to the bottom of that. And when people don't know, how do you help them recognize, you know, what that is? And part of that is redefining success, you know, saying what are the key things in your life? What does success really look like? Actually, it's not just about, you know, people who have kids having time with their kids. And it's about, you know, are you a purpose-driven person? So therefore you would like to work at a purpose-driven organization. Can we find that future? Is that what you need to get out of bed in the morning? Or actually, is it money? And it's fine to say it's money. I do, it's taking away that like judgment of like, traditionally in the past, it'd be like success is how much do you earn? How many people in your team? What's your job title? And it's actually saying, no, success looks like something else for different people. Let's acknowledge and recognize that and help them understand what that is as well for themselves. It sounds like such a different experience to the one that I'm sure most people have had when working with a recruiter, either as a client or a candidate. But what sort of feedback have you had about how your clients and candidates experience this? Again, this goes back to that control and command. I could just say, I'm the CEO, do what I say, or you're no longer part of our business. But I just don't, that's not what I believe in. And I just don't think that's the right way or that's how human nature works. So we videoed some people and like it was amazing because quite a lot of feedback I'd had from APAC is like, it's very different culturally. You know, this is going to be more difficult to land. And one of the first videos I watched was one of our consultants, Gwen, in Singapore, doing it with one of her clients. And the information she got from the client was so much more enlightening and so wildly different to what she would have got if she hadn't used the purpose. And the client's feedback was like, wow, I enjoyed that. It was thought-provoking. It made me stop for a moment and think. And actually, it is something that everyone should be asking, all of our partners, whatever you're partnering with us for. And that's mainly been the feedback from most clients is, why isn't everyone doing this and asking this? And from the candidate's perspective, actually quite a lot of it is like, why haven't I been thinking about these things myself? Like... I've just kind of been carrying on with my life and surviving. Why haven't I been thinking about whether I'm really thriving myself? So it's been amazing. Actually, I said to my husband in the launch week, we had this one day which was showing how we were going to use the purpose of clients and candidates. And we had clips of the videos kind of mashed together. And we also interviewed the consultants who had done the videos to say, how did it feel for you? How did you feel using it? What were the results? And honestly, I think it's the only time in my career where I've nearly cried. I went down to see my husband afterwards and I was like, oh my God, it's happening. This is when I say, like, sometimes you're further ahead than you are further behind. I probably thought we were further ahead than we were at that point. But I was like, it's happening. And when people say, you know, what's one of the highs of your career? It's definitely not becoming CEO. Something like that, like, really matters to me so much more. So it's been amazing. Because the other thing about our purpose is it really helps consultants it gives a framework and a language to consultants who are relatively junior to get that kind of stickier relationship quicker. 
So actually, the really senior consultants are having these good conversations, generally speaking. They're not using this Thrive language, but they are, in a way, having these conversations where they've partnered with people for many years and had clients, et cetera, et cetera. But that takes years to build up that confidence and ability to actually get into that kind of conversation. What we're trying to do is give everyone the ability to get into that conversation quicker and not easier, but with a different idea around it, I suppose. So clear business benefit to doing this work, not just in terms of creating the right internal culture for the business, but actually a clear benefit in terms of the the quality of the relationships that even sort of more junior people might have, which is really interesting. Um, I guess, what's your ambition um, for the work that you're doing and how would you like to see that shape the industry more broadly? I probably actually haven't spoken about this too much out loud, but one, I always have hated the reputation that recruitment has. So I've always felt, why is it like that? The role that we're doing is so important. We're finding someone a new job, which is such a huge part of their life. And we're building teams for businesses, which are powering the world to do many amazing things. Why Why do we have to have this reputation? What is that formed by? So there's one big part of me that wants to change the industry as a whole and like improve the quality of work that's happening and therefore the reputation of people in recruitment. You know, we have the ability to touch so many lives and we have the ability to have such a huge impact on so many lives. The other part of my mindset is I'm a real believer in therapy, in mental health, in the importance of actually giving it the attention it deserves and people really being able to get more out of life and being able to be more productive. We are in a perfect role as recruiters to offer that kind of marry together those kind of things. Not everyone can afford therapy. Not everyone will take the time to do it for many, many different reasons. And I'm not saying that we've become total therapists, but if we insert some of what we're doing, some of those good practices to help improve people's lives, make them think, we would need to go a lot further than what we're doing now. But as an industry, there is a massive void between the number of mental health professionals and the number of people able to offer that and the access that people have to it. And actually, in the role that we're in as recruiters, if we could even put some of the basics and marry some of those things together, then I feel like the impact that we would have on the world would be enormous. So what are your plans for making it happen? So there's two parts. What we can do as an organisation, what I can do as an individual. So as an organization, the next thing we can do is take it to our clients and candidates and be open with what we're trying to do, why we're trying to achieve it and how they can be part of the journey with us. If we even talk to them about some of the techniques we've developed, some of the conversations we have internally and how they could have them with their friends, their families, etc. Even if I can get every one of our 300 people able to articulate how you have a conversation with someone about how to help them thrive and what it looks like to thrive and be really really productive and really successful. If everyone passes that on, then that's a really good start. That's a good kind of footprint. So the next step for us is to go externally with it and really work on that. I mean, I'm not blind to the fact that I still have a lot of work to do internally to get everyone up to that kind of standard. So what you what you tend to do when you want to drive it in an organization is get a nucleus. And I feel like I've nearly got that nucleus where I need it to be. The real believers, the people doing it, the people who are going to pave the way for you, then you use them to drive it in along with the rest of the organization. And we're on that kind of path. And then I personally, in this new role, I have more of a platform to be able to come onto things like this and speak openly and 
talk to my peers who are leading other recruitment businesses and help them understand the opportunity that we've got and you know what they could be doing with their businesses as well. So that's something that I'm going to commit to doing and working on, although it's trying to find a little bit of space in the old honorings, <laughs> isn't it? But um, yeah, definitely doing more of that type of thing. And it's, all, it's not just publicly as well. You know, I meet with lots of my peers, et cetera, and having these kind of conversations and even getting them thinking about what role they could play in it. Hayley, it's been such a pleasure having you on Purposing. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Hayley. Lots of brilliant insight there. So here are a few things that I've taken from the conversation. You can't buy a purpose off the shelf from any agency, but there's huge value from bringing in expert facilitation to guide a process that's participatory and inclusive and helps you uncover and express the right purpose for your business. If you're articulating or re-articulating your purpose, it's essential to look at your values at the same time. For a lot of people in your organisation, it's how they'll bring your purpose to life day to day. Purpose and values have got to work together. If you want to change deeply ingrained attitudes and behaviours, you've got to give people the time, space and tools to really get to grips with the ideas at the heart of your purpose. Make it personal to people. Make it okay to practice and not to get it right first time. Share what works and what doesn't with your teams. If you'd like more practical advice on building a purpose-driven business with brilliant insights from people like Hayley, download our Insider's Guide to Purpose at givenagency.com forward slash insider's guide.